for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Once again, when you've got born again, you entered into a government or you entered into a kingdom called the kingdom of God, where God basically is the king of that kingdom. And the day that you entered into it, you became an actual citizen of another country. When you become a citizen of a country, of course, you have certain rights that are given to you, just like when you become a citizen of the United States. People are coming to the south border to get in, not because they don't want to be citizens, but because they want to be citizens. They're trying to get in here even illegally to do it. Why is that? Because there's a better way of life if you get across the border in the United States. So once you got born again, you've got to understand as soon as you get born again and become a citizen, there is a better way of life for you than you had before you were a citizen in the kingdom of God. So you've become a citizen in there, and what we want to do is show you what God has, has wanted you to do, each and every one of you. God has a plan for each and every one, and there's a better way for you to live as long as you follow God's plan to do it. There's a lot of self-help books out there. There's a lot of, they're going to show you how to do this, but this is the best self-help book in the whole entire world, because even if somebody reads it, they can interpret it a different way than what it actually says. I'm funny, I just think what God said he probably meant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you for your excitement. Isaiah 45. Look at verse 18. It says, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth, and he made it, and has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. This tells you that God created not only the heaven, but he also created the earth. And when he created the earth, he is the one who created it. Now, why did he create it? So it would be inhabited. So someone would live on the earth. That's why he did it. You've got to understand that when God created, you know, some people have this idea of God was just sitting up there in, in outer space, not really know what to do one day. So he said, I might as well create heaven. I ain't got a whole lot to do, so I'll create heaven. And then, ah, let's try an earth, you know, try something different. So he creates an earth, and then he says, I wonder what a tree would look like. And all at once there was a tree. And a rabbit. I'd like to have a rabbit. And all at once a rabbit. But that's not what it was. Like last week, we showed you from the foundation of the world, he had you in mind. So everything that he created that you see on this earth realm was created because of his man. His man was his crowning creation of all things. So God put the earth here, and he put animals here and he put trees here and he put all these things here and he put them here because man was his number one creation he did all things to prepare for you God always prepares an environment before he puts a creature into it see God created water and then he created the fish I mean know the fish are glad he didn't create them first come on right I mean God God made the ground and then he made a plant why? Because without the ground, the plant could not exist. Well, it's the same way with man. God created everything that man would need even before man came into being, his atmosphere, what he needed, what he needed to eat, how he needed to do everything, and he did that. Then he created man when everything was ready to go, and he created the earth for one reason, to be inhabited. Now, notice it doesn't say he created Mars to be inhabited. It doesn't say Jupiter or any place else. It says he created the earth. Say the earth. The earth. All right, go to Psalm 8. That's why you really got to enjoy the beauty that's around you every single day. I mean, oh, that was that, that flower when you walk out every day and there it sits. God created that just for you. Isn't that wonderful? And the green grass was created just for you. And the blue sky was created just for you. And everything that he did, he created for you, basically, to be impressed with. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. All right, Psalm 8. Let's look at verse 3. It says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. Now verse 3 again, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars with thou hast ordained, what is man? In other words, this creature is basically looking and he's seen man being created and basically he's saying, what's the big deal with this man character? In other words, why did he do so many things for man? Why does he love man so much? Why is he creating in this way? It says, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Say, a little lower than the angels. Now, once again, we've looked at this before in, in Bible school and everything else, but the word there for angels is actually Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim means God. Man in the original Genesis chapter 1 was created just a little bit lower than God. Now, why would God do that? Because God wanted a relationship with his man, and the only way he could have a decent relationship with man was to make him on the same plane that God was. Are you following? I mean, we're human beings. It's, it's to have a real good relationship, you need to do it with another human being. Are you following me? I mean, people can do it with their pets. They can do it with their car. They can do it with their house. I love my car. I love this. I love that. But in order to do it, you've got to have something on the same plane as you are. So when man was created, the Bible said we were created in the image and the likeness of God. Why? Because he wanted to have a relationship with us because he was going to use us at that time to rule the earth. So here it says he was made a little bit lower than God. Now watch what it says also. Where is that? Verse 5, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with what? Glory. Crowned him with what? Glory. Now, first of all, who wears a crown? King. A king. A king. So say, I'm a king. I'm a king. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a, I'm a king. And let me just tell you, really, too, there's no difference between a king and a queen in the Bible. There's no difference between where it says, man shall not live by bread alone. Women say, what does that mean us? Because notice, when God made man, he made this species of man. Man is man. Then he made another species of man, which is called a womb man, because the other man had a womb. Man, woman. But there's only one species. Everyone is a man. My wife is a man, but she has a womb that makes her a woman. If you don't know what you are, check, see if you got one. Come on, this is not that difficult. This doesn't take 42 years of debates. I mean, my God, if you ain't got a womb, you're a man. And if you got a womb, you're a woman. But the species of man is a species of man. Do you understand? Everyone God created is a man. Glory to God. Talk about a messed up world, I'm telling you. Sometimes it messes me up to know how messed up they are. All right, going back over. Verse 5. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory. Say glory. Now, glory is, has been mistaught, misunderstood. Mis glory is basically just the manifestation of God's character, God's morals, God's nature himself into the natural realm. That's what glory is. Everybody says, don't touch the glory of God. Well, you better manifest the glory of God because that's what you're put here to do. So everybody wants to duck down and not touch his glory and not get close to God and I better be humble. No, no, no. Here he says, you, you were created with glory. Say glory. Glory. 
So as you read the Bible and you study glory a little bit, you're going to find out that every single person in the world was created with glory on the inside of them. What is that? The nature of God on the inside of them, the ability of God on the inside of them, the power of God on the inside of them, the gifting of gods are already on the inside of each and every person because they have the glory of God on the inside of them. I think it's Romans chapter 8 says that sooner or later it will be revealed the glory that is in us. Why does it say that? Because it's in us. It's not floating around out here in the atmosphere and, oh, I see the glory over here. Now, if God wants to manifest in a cloud or something, how many of you that would still be the glory of God because it was manifested from the inside of God? But everybody in here has on the inside of you giftings. Each and every one of you, you've got everything you need. That's the hardest thing that, that I had to learn because I was always asking God for things. And if you're asking God for something you already got, chances of you using what you got aren't very good because you're asking for it. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Oh, Lord, give me faith. Give me faith. Give me faith. Give me faith. You got it? I don't know. He might have gave it to me, but give me faith. Oh, do you got it now? I don't know. I don't know if I thought faith was going to come down on a cloud and, and print on my forehead or what was going to go, but I didn't know if I was, my prayer was being answered or not. And then I read the Bible and it says, I've got faith. I thought, well, then I might as well use it. I've been waiting three years to get it to use it. I haven't used it in three years since I got it. I might as well use the darn thing, see? And the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your by the Holy Ghost. Oh, give us more love. No, you got enough. That's right. The problem is you got some problems allowing that love to flow out of the inside of you. And notice it's God's love. It's not a gushy human whatever. It's God's love on the inside of us. So once I discovered I had the God kind of love, I thought I might as well try to use it. When I found out I had faith, I thought I might as well try to use it. But then there's other giftings. On the inside of me, since I was born, I believe there was an anointing and a gifting to be a pastor. For the first 30 years of my life, when I was drinking and out there carousing and whatever, didn't make any difference. That was still on the inside of me. Then I got born again, and hallelujah, I started following Jesus. Say, following Jesus. Once you start following Jesus and really pressing into him, the Holy Ghost starts showing you what glory or giftings are on the inside of you, and you start seeing them in here on the inside of you, and you start thinking, wow, that can't be me. First time you see it, oh, that's got to be somebody else. And then once it comes back the second time, you say, geez, oh, I just saw that the other day. And then it comes back the third time. Holy Ghost just beat you, man. He just hit you and hit you and hit you. Do you finally say, well, praise God, I'm supposed to be a pastor. And then you go into your wife and you say, honey, guess what? Hallelujah. I'm going to be a pastor. She said, I didn't marry you for a pastor. And she didn't. She married me for a drunk. See, but that was already on the inside of me. So then I had to start walking it out. Well, what do I do? Well, probably should study the Bible. Right. <laughs> if I'm going to preach something, it might as well be this book. So I start studying the Bible and studying the Bible. And am I preaching anywhere? No. Is anybody asking me for anything? No. But I'm getting more revelation and coming out of some of my religious ideas and all this stuff. Must have been three, four, five, six, seven years. Now once I end up at a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting. Not a Catholic meeting, a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, which means I guess they allow the Holy Ghost in that meeting or something. I really don't know. That's what it sounds like, don't it? Either Catholic or Catholic charismatic meeting in there. So I ended up in there. There were three guys who were there, basically older guys who were running the thing. And when I got in there all at once, one left, one died, and one quit. And I went from nothing to all at once being the leader of a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, and I've never led anything up to this point. So what happened? God would have to show me step by step. Did I every week? And you know, if, if you're just starting to preach or just starting to get the word or can remember back then, when you've got to find something every week, I'm not talking about every day, I'm talking about every week. I mean, I, I would have been good at preaching once a month. 
because I get three weeks to come up with something else. But all at once, I had to get something every week, every darn week. So I was pressured, and I was, it was pressure all over me, and this gifting's on the inside of me, and the ability's there to do it. But in the natural realm, the, everything's coming against me. Say, you're never going to be ready. You preached that a week ago. They ain't going to like what you preached. Anybody go through that? Yeah, because these giftings on the inside of you, the enemy does not want you to manifest the glory that's already on the inside of you as a person. Now, we have been created here on earth to rule and reign on this earth. That's what we've been put here to do. But you can't do it without knowing the giftings that are on the inside of you. Here it says that man was created with something called dominion. Say dominion. Dominion Dominion is rulership. Dominion is a right to rule your sphere, to have influence in other people's life, to influence your life, to, to get a place finally where you're controlling your feelings. Oh, controlling your emotions, controlling your physical body. This ain't you. This is just a house you're living in. You're a spirit being on the inside. And you start finding out that that everything's okay for you, but I'm not going to come subject to anything. Remember when Paul said that? Everything's good for me, but I sure ain't going to come into bondage. I ain't going to come into bondage my feelings, my emotions, my appetites, my anything else. And because most of the people in the church don't even know that they have giftings and don't even know they're part of a kingdom and don't even know they got a purpose, there's a void on the inside of them and they try to fill the void with something else. That's why we have alcoholics. That's why we have drug people. That's why we have so many divorces. That's why we have, and, and so many young people think they're going to solve their lives. I don't know why I'm going here, but so many young people want to solve their, all their problems. A young man, oh, I, I hate life. I feel terrible. I just can't get anything to work. I can't get a good job. You know what I need? I just need a good wife. If I just get married, everything's just, I think that's, I think everything's going to be good. And you got the woman over here saying, I'm disgusting, man. I'm just terrible. I hate the world. You know what I need? I need a good guy. So the girl who's desperate meets the guy who's desperate. She, she's my answer. He's my answer. I do. And once they get together, now they've got twice. Want to talk about a double portion? You just married into it. Come on, I speaketh truth this morning. Amen. See, if you can't get your own life settled first, and you don't have to get married, but you're, you're stable enough to where you don't need someone else basically to keep you, come on now, then you haven't found the right one yet. If he doesn't come and add something to you rather than taking everything that you've already got, you got the wrong guy, for God's sakes. But he's cute. I don't care how cute he is. After a year losing your house, your car, and everything else, you ain't going to think he's so cute anymore. <laughs> See, and that's what we do. We do everything superficially. We do that. But on the inside of you, there's something more important than that for you. The glory of God's on the inside of you. And not only are those giftings there, but they're there for a purpose for you. And when you find out your purpose is to influence other people, to manifest the glory of God in your life, to work out the salvation that God has already put on the inside of you to touch other people's lives, see? So basically, that's where I started. That's where I was at. I was in the beginning. I didn't know what to do, but that gifting was on the inside of me. I knew it was on the inside of me. And I walked and I walked it out and walked it out because I found out one thing with God. As far as with me, he never shows me the end. He shows me the next step. I want to see the end, but he only shows me the next step. See? I'd rather say, oh, there's where I'm going. But he says, no, you're going right here. And then if I ever go this way, I mean, I can go that way as long as I want. And then finally I'm going to get stupid and everything's going to be all messed up. And I'm going to say, God, you directed me in the wrong direction. God's going to say, turneth around. 
and walketh back to where you were gone before. So it was that uh, scripture, I think I even shared it with the men, but I've been studying, you know, I study the kingdom of God, but the one scripture where it says that one disciple came up to Jesus and he said, uh, I'll follow you wherever you go. Remember that disciple? And Jesus says, well, foxes have holes. Birds of the air, they have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. I thought, is that the dumbest answer you've ever heard in your entire life? I'll follow you wherever you go. Well, foxes have holes. I didn't ask about the foxes. I wasn't even asking about the birds. What are you talking about? Well, what was he talking about? Basically, he was saying, if you follow a fox, you're going to end up where? At a hole. If you follow a bird of the air, you're going to end up in his. But if you follow me, you ain't going to know where the heck you're going. You ain't going to understand anywhere you're going. You're just going to walk it out step, it's step, it's step, it's step. That's why every year there's something new for each and every one of us. That's why New Year's, you know, it's an exciting time because it isn't the natural. But for you too, there's a brand new year with God wanting you to do something in that year from the start of that year to the end of that year. That's all you got to do. You don't have to save the entire world that year. You just got to do your little part, find out what you're called to do, walk it out, seek God, step out. And the more you stay in the presence of God, the more he will reveal to you and you'll start revealing the glory that's already on the inside of you will start coming out. See, and everybody's giftings are different. That's why you got to be careful. Whether you're judging other people's giftings or not, because they're not like your giftings, because they're not like your giftings. That's why they're not like your giftings. See? Well, we just don't do it that way. Well, apparently they do. And if it's work a thing for them, who cares? You see, we all got our little part to play. We all got our little giftings to play. We've all got our, I mean, every church in this area, I believe, has a call probably of God on the inside of them. And, and I don't know if it's being revealed or not or whatever, but I know this body has a call on them to grow up in the things of God as disciples of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ so that we take church out of here and out into the world. We take it to Walmart. We take it out to eat. We take it to these places because of the giftings that we have inside. Some people have a gifting of, of walking up to people and, and giving them a word. But I'm telling you, you don't have to walk up to somebody and give them a word. You can just talk to them and give them a word. And many times they don't even know you're giving them a word and you don't till you give them the word. You say, my God, that was good. And then they got the word. Are you following me? It, we make everything so... Now, I was in the charismatic renewal. Everybody wore white and danced around and, and all this stuff. But it's simpler than that. The kingdom of God is like a government. You don't see people in the United States putting on white. Well, maybe you do now. I mean, I don't know, dancing around or whatever. Probably some places there are. But notice, you just by talking to someone who needs something, what happens with that anointing is people draw out your gift. They draw out your giftings. You can't even give them out. They suck them right out of the inside of you. When I preach, I just get started and all at once there's a sucking over here to hit this thing. And then I'll come back over here and the Holy Ghost will have me hit something over here. And that person will say, I like that. And what did you get out of the sermon? Oh, I got this. What'd you get? I got that. What'd you get? I got, were we all in the same sermon? <laughs> yes, you were, but the Holy Ghost knows what to draw out because there's a drawing from people who need. You know, I was told one time that there was a guy who, who fasted and prayed for like 20 days and he was crawling around his house and he was saying, oh, Lord, give me the anointing. Let me free the captives. Let me free. Let me free. Let me free. And then God finally broke in and said, Son, the toilet doesn't need a healing. In other words, get up, get off the floor, get out where the needs are, and the anointing of God will be drawn out of the inside of you and touch other people. And how many know there's no lack of needy people? There are needy people everywhere out there. Every place you go, there are people who need something, but they don't know what they need. So if you've got that void on the inside of you, you are going to seek something to fill that void.
And the problem is what's missing in your life is not heaven. You were never there. You didn't lose heaven. How many know you lost dominion? Religion's not the answer because you didn't lose religion. Oh, yeah, I love it when it gets quiet. God never gave man religion. Religion was man-made. You're a part of a kingdom of God. You're not trying to acquire God's love. He loved you way back before he made you already. This is already taken advantage of. He's already did that for you. It's already on the inside of you. He loves you so very much. And basically, religion and Christianity has come to a place where you're continually trying to oppress God, appease God, make God do something for you, do something, but it's don't. You've got to come back to the kingdom and find out that when you entered the kingdom of God, it is his pleasure to give you the entire kingdom, praise God. It already belongs to you. Your citizenship is already yours. It's not something you've got to earn or try to get into. When you were born, you were here. When you're in America now, how many you know you can buy a car if you want to? Come on, you can vote if you want to. You can do whatever you want. You didn't pray and fast four years before you could vote. Well, why could you vote? You were a citizen of the United States, and there are citizen rights that you are given freely simply because you're a citizen. Well, when you got born again, you entered into the kingdom of God, and now you became a citizen of the kingdom of God, and everything offered to you in the kingdom of God from peace to joy to healing to finances to power to deliverance is already in that kingdom, and it already belongs to you. It's already yours. You can do so much self-deliverance if you just seek God yourself Get in the word of God. You'll be getting delivered a little more every day and nobody will be casting anything out of you or throwing anything out of you. You just find out you're thinking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the worst enemy you got is not the devil. Mm-hmm. It's not even sin. It's called a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if the truth sets you free, then an untruth makes you... So all you've got to do is find out the truth in the area where, where you're at right now, where you're bound. And when you know the truth, it will set you free and then you'll be set free basically because you're changing the way that you're thinking in your life, praise God. I thought when I first started that Catholic prayer meeting, I'm not going to get anywhere again today. I can tell you that right now. But <laughs> Jesus, still on page two. This teaching may last me the rest of my life, praise God. It may be done. When I got to that, I mean, I was told by other people that, oh, if you're going to pray, and maybe that was good for them, you know. Uh, I spent a lot of time going up to Benny Hens and stuff, and Benny would say that before his service, he would get in a room for like four hours before, and he would pray, and he would study his scriptures, and he would do this, and Copeland was basically the same way who I was doing. So on Thursday nights, when we had prayer meeting at 7 o'clock, I got home from work as early as I can, and I got in my bedroom, and I got my Bibles, and I got my stuff, and I closed the door in there, and I was going to get ready. Got to preach, 7 o'clock. It's 10 after 3, but I've got to preach. You know what time? 7 o'clock. Did I tell you what time I've got to preach? i got to preach. And, and the boys would come home and knock, 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 knock. Are you kidding me? This man of faith and power is studying for a massive service tonight. And get this kid out of here. Don't you know what's going on? Are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Get this kid out of here. And about 10 minutes later, another one would come and go, that's Woman, I've told you before. I'm a man of God. Can't you see the peace and joy? Get those kids out of here. And for them, you know, they did this and it worked for them. And it's what they wanted to do. But it wasn't worketh-in for me. Because by the time I got to the meeting, I needed prayer. I was being sent there to help people. But I couldn't help anybody because my hair was, oh, everybody was, I just couldn't do it. Because I thought that, see, I tried to fit myself in somebody else's mold. Don't do that. You're not them. Not going to be them. You can learn from them. You're not going to be like them. Trust me, one Pastor Tom's enough. <laughs> we don't need several thousand of them. 
see? So what was I doing? I was just doing what I thought was right, what was told me was right. And then I found out basically if I just studied the word all week long, in other words, if I just ate and it came time to give out, it didn't matter if I had one scripture, two scriptures, what was in me would come out of the inside of me. Somebody said it's like a mother who nurses. She eats, she eats, she eats. And when it's time to eat, how many know she's ready? She didn't have to fast four hours before she fed the baby. It would come out in the same way in our own lives. As long as you stay hooked with God, as long as you stay hooked in the presence of God and in the word of God, when somebody needs something, you will have it here on the inside. You may not even know you have it before you need it, but you will know it when it draws it out of the inside of you. And sometimes you know it when you said it, and sometimes you don't. I've had people that I've had a, a little luncheon with or whatever, and two years later they come back and said, when you said this, you totally set me free. I don't even remember what I said, and I don't know when I said it. But other times when you say it, you know it hit the target. You know, you can just see it right between their eyes. It's like they leave the natural and go out in a other realm out here and all their thought life gets shut down how many know that's good sometimes and shuts them down so basically once again there's giftings on the inside of us so basically I learned that I could get home from work I could play with my boys I could actually eat dinner with my wife and I could go to the meeting and still have a good meeting while I was there but see it's something that I had to learn on my own and that's why we got to be careful because and of course after that the first thing I want to do is criticize with that Benny stupid hen about lost my wife and kids because of him, see? I don't know what he, then you want to get mad at the other person, do you see? You want to get all upset at it, but you don't have to do that, praise God. I remember, I'll tell you another story. How many of you heard of Rodney Howard Brown? Yes. Rodney Howard Brown one time was traveling around and traveling around, and he was doing revivals every place he went, and he got in late at this one place where he was going to be doing a revival that night at like 8 o'clock at night, and he showed up at 5 o'clock, and the, the little boy was there who was the pastor's son, and he was playing video games. I've never played video games, but, and Rodney said, oh, what game is that? And he said, this one. He said, I like that one. So Rodney sat down, and they're playing video games. So they're sitting there from 5, and it gets to 6 o'clock. And it gets to 7 o'clock, and they're still playing videos. And he comes out, and he says, uh, Mr. Brown, don't you think you ought to be studying for the revival tonight and getting ready for the revival? And Rodney said something like, I'm winning. Let me just keep going right now. <laughs> so he kept going on that video game, kept going on that video, kept going, and about 10 till it was time to go. So they got in, they go, they sat him, on some of them churches, he's sitting in front and look at everybody. So they, they, he was sitting in front, Rodney Howard Brown was there, and the pastor gets up and he says, well, we'd like to welcome Rodney Howard Brown tonight to this service doing revival. He's probably not ready, because all he's been doing is playing a video game for the last three hours, but we're glad to have him here tonight. And Rodney walked behind the podium and said, glory, and everybody fell out of their chairs on the ground, started breaking out in laughter. So all he said was glory. Knocked everybody down. They're all laughing. Can't, never got to preach, everybody. What was he showing that pastor? See, he was showing it's not by works. It's by a continual relationship to God himself that keeps you full of, the Bible talks about in one psalm about getting new oil. Some new oil. How many know you need new oil? You know what happens if you got old oil? You squeak a lot. I don't like the music. I don't like it. It's too long. He preaches too long. I don't like the people in that church. Everybody. You need some oil, praise God. You're squeaking. You've got some rust areas there, praise God. You need a little squirt, a little squirt in there, and it takes care of it. Some WD Holy Ghost is what you need squirted in some areas of your life to keep you from squeaking all the time, see? 
So you've got to be careful on both ends. First of all, you're pressing in with them. You think they're the most wonderful people in the world. Then you're mad at them because you tried to do what they wouldn't do. But that's not what you do. You just stay in your lane, praise God. You do what you're supposed to do. You have your giftings on the inside of it. And everybody's giftings in here will come together whenever they're needed. You know, somebody comes to me for deliverance and calls me and says, hey, I need this, I need that. I I just say, here's James's number. I know his anointing. Do you see what I mean? I know his anointing. Now, if it's something that I believe God wants me to deal with, I'll deal with it. But if not, I'm going to refer him. to. I mean, we go to the doctor. And if you go to the doctor, you've got to go, first of all, to the foot specialist, and then the toe specialist, and then the toenail specialist, and then the, because they're specialists in every area. We're in the kingdom of God. We can do these things too, but they're specialists in different areas. If I run into a couple homeless people, I'm going to send them to Sue. Thank you, Sue. Here they are. Why? She's been dealing with them for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty years. She knows how to deal. She knows how to minister. She knows how to do those things. It's from the giftings that were already on the inside of her, see? But each and every one of us got those giftings. It don't matter what age you are. I told the men yesterday, it doesn't make any difference. You got giftings on the inside of you. If you're 92 years old, there's still a gifting in you that you haven't found yet that you can use to touch one more life before you get out of there, praise God. It's on the inside of you. So age doesn't make any difference. People say, when are you going to retire? Never. I'll tell you when I'm going to retire, when I die. And I'm going to retire out of here. Off I go, praise God. But that's not the way it is. There's stuff you can do. There's giftings on the inside of you. There's anointing on the inside of you. And what's the key to the whole thing? Staying in the presence of God. Hooked up to God. Help others. Don't judge what they're doing. Don't worry about what they're doing. That's another kingdom law. One kingdom law is forgiveness. If you're going to operate in the laws of the kingdom, you've got to forgive everybody around you or you're in trouble because it's not going to work. Another one is judging. The Bible says you will be judged. Yes. And then it goes worse yet. It tells you to get the log out of your own eye. Yes. There's no log in my eyes. <laughs> I've already had them removed. Yeah, well, you definitely got one. We found that out already just by you talking. See, there's always another log and another speck and another thing that you're learning, another thing you're doing. But, and I'll tell you what, if you're quick to judge yourself, you'll be quick to judge everybody around you. And you'll constantly be putting other people down. Why? Because you want to be better than them. And if you're a two, you've got to put them down to a one in order to rise above them. See? But if you believe who you are in the kingdom of God, that you have become a citizen of the king, that you're a son now of the living God, that you belong to a family, that you're a king and a priest unto God, praise God, and God is your almighty father, then you don't have to put anybody down. You're already way up there. You'd rather bring people up where you are rather than put them down to make it look like you're better than they are. See, We're not in a competition here. It's no competition here. It's your own walk. You were put here for your own thing to do, and you've got all the giftings on the inside of you, and God definitely wants you to follow what he told you to do. But the answer is not religion. It's not Christianity. It's the kingdom of God is the answer. Go to Matthew chapter 5. I've got to do at least two scriptures. So. He never opens the Bible. He does one scripture, and that's all he ever does. Well, I've got plenty of scriptures. I just can't get to them. Jesus. Tell you, when you find out who you are in the kingdom of God and you start flowing in what you're supposed to be doing, it is a happy day. People say, wouldn't you like to go back to your 20s? No, I was drunk every night in my 20s. I'd rather stay where I'm at right now and serving the Lord and flowing in the things of God and operating the power of God. And Hallelujah. All right, where did I go? Matthew 5, that's right. I just wanted to check you already knew. <laughs> Hi, Matthew chapter 5. 
Here's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is religion. Theirs is going to heaven. No, theirs is the... So what's he saying here? There's going to be people who are poor in spirit. Who's poor in spirit? Everybody. Adam made sure that we were poor in spirit when he, when he failed, when he committed high treason against the government of God, basically, and mankind fell from their position into a place of having the nature of the enemy, lost the kingdom, lost dominion, lost everything else. Everybody at that time was spiritually poor. What's the answer to the spiritually poor on the earth? It is the kingdom of heaven. All right, look at the next verse. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, why do, why do people mourn? Because they've lost something because of Adam, but they don't know that they've lost something and they don't know what they lost. So what am I going to try? Well, first I'm going to try religion. I'm going to see if that works. And at first you get all excited, but you find out the only reward for religion is the works of religion. You know, we went to, when I first got really plugged into God, we went to Israel and the kids were very, so I guess we only had one kid back then, didn't we? Yeah, we went to Israel, and when we got over to Israel, you know, I'm excited about God. I'm reading the Bible. I'm pressed into God. Oh, I love God. Oh, you. And now we're going to the land of God. We're going to Israel. And you know, Jesus might still be in the tomb someplace if I look real close. You know, I'm all excited about this. And you know how you get, and you get over there, and you get all set up, and, and you're all excited, and you got all this stuff to do. And then we went to the Wailing Wall. And here were these Jewish guys going. And we sat there for about an hour, and they're still going. And on the other side, there was, there was Muslims kneeling on cement, worshiping whoever they were worshiping. And I was thinking to myself, is this what God <laughs> really wants? Maybe I made a boo-boo here, because I don't want to do either one of those things. I don't want to stand there and wail, and I definitely don't want to be on the cement. But notice, all those things are religious things. You can, you can be diligent in your religion and still be diligently wrong. See, because all those things are just to make you feel a little bit better about yourself and you'll find out because if you run into somebody with religion and you get them to brag they'll brag on their works how you doing oh i fasted five hours praise god last week i fa- we and god were so close i fasted for five hours me i fasted for six really I mean, and it gets into a war see it, it has nothing to do with your works it has all to do with his works what he's already done for each and every one of us, praise God. It's already been provided for you. And all he's done is taken us by coming, suffering, dying on the cross, and restoring us back to our original place in Genesis chapter 1, where we were in the image and likeness of God. We've been told when he comes, all he's going to do is give us a path to heaven. He never told us we're going to be restored back to who we were and where we were. Because if you're just, if you're just heaven and you don't make any changes on the inside, you're going to get to heaven someday, but you're going to live in hell down here before it's over with. Because you've got no authority, you've got no power over anything, and that's where God is in control. Universal, Christianity, God is in control of everything. Is he? Yes, he's sovereign and he does what he wants. Then why should I pray? Why should I pray if he's going to do whatever I want? Why should I have faith? If I'm going to faith for something, then he's going to do something different and already made up his mind anyway, then what am I faithing for? And what purpose am I here if he's going to do what I was called to do? And control everything down here. See, it totally wipes out your whole life. Why are Christians so miserable? You know now. They're trying to fill an emptiness, not with the kingdom and not with the glory of God and the many things that God has done in their life, but basically it cuts you off. Why should I pray to be healed if God's will is that I be sick? Who do you think is going to win? Sure ain't going to be me. So what's it do? It eliminates your prayer. It eliminates everything in your life. But when you find out that you have control over circumstances and situations, prayer... 
Prayer is simply allowing God to interfere in your affairs. Because he don't have that. When he said, let them, basically, he gave you all authority here on the earth. And the only one with authority here on the earth is somebody who's walking around in a flesh body. The devil ain't got any authority down here. That's why he's trying to get inside of human beings so he has some power down here to do it. See, that's it on the earth. We're it in the body. So what does God want to do? God wants to interfere, but he needs your permission. The Bible says if you're supposed to even pray that he would send laborers into the harvest. Is it his will? Then why don't he just do it? Because he can't unless you allow him. Are you following me? Allow him to enter in here and do things. So basically you're releasing from heaven basically what you need. The Bible says whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in heaven. So if you disallow sickness and disease in your life, you disallow worry in your life, you disallow fear in your life, heaven will back you up. Because that's in line with the word of God. God told you not to worry. Cast all your care upon me. He wasn't saying that just to be nice. And then people say, I, I became a Christian, but there's so many rules out there. Cast all your care upon him. Don't commit adultery. Don't sin. Don't do this. There's so many laws. But notice, he doesn't make these laws because he doesn't like us. Right. He makes these laws to protect you because if you continue to go against the laws, it's going to affect your physical body, and he needs your physical body to do something in the earth. And if you're dead, he can't do anything in this earth. So people are praying, Lord, take me home. It's terrible. Take me home. Well, then you're going to become worthless to him as soon as you leave because he ain't got your physical body anymore. He'd rather have you stay down here and work through you. Amen. See, he's got your body. So by doing that, basically, he, he's in heaven. You're an ambassador. Say, I'm ambassador. ambassador. So you're an ambassador from heaven, just like in the United States has ambassadors. They'll send an ambassador over to Israel. What do they do? They're in a little place there, a plot of land that the United States has bought, and they are the ambassador. Basically, they are the country in that country. See? And the best part about it is, and this is the way it's supposed to be, it hasn't been recently, but if you would attack an ambassador, you have attacked the entire country. Yes. So if you're an ambassador from heaven, and you're in the earth realm, and somebody attacks you, God says, don't even mess with it. Me take care of it. I'll handle this one. <laughs> Unless you step in, I'll handle this, God, just stay back, I'll take care of it. And then what do you do? You get in unforgiveness, you get in argument, you get in everything, and then it just affects you anyway. But no, you're an ambassador, praise God. I'll tell you another thing about ambassador. You want to know another thing about ambassador? The government, or the, the uh, hold on. The government pays for everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's when I quit worrying. Why? The government pays for everything. See, that ambassador, if he belongs to a country club over there, government takes care of it. Housing, takes care of it. Food, takes care of it. Kids go to school, covered. Why? They're an ambassador from that country, and they're backed up by that country. Now, you're an ambassador in this world. Mm. Mm. Dang, it feels good. In this world, and he wants to take care. He wants to so hard to take care of everything in your life. He says, don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, what's he, over and over, don't worry about it. If you'll let go of it, I'll be able to take care of it. But if you want to do it, like the old commercial, I'd rather do it myself. God says, go ahead, and you mess up, and you mess up, and you mess up, and hopefully you get to a place where you say, help, because you can't go anyplace. You've already exasperated all your stuff that you tried to do. So now what happened? Now you open the door to your home country. And they will make sure your needs are met. They will make sure, praise God, your kids got the best school in the whole world and it's paid for. They'll make sure there's an army behind you if anybody comes and attacks you. So you see, when an ambassador gets killed, they're supposed to be 
something happened. Do you understand? I mean, we had an ambassador who was killed here a few years ago. There should have been something. You don't, you don't do that to a country and get away with it. You don't do that and just say, sorry, it happened or whatever. You retaliate and you make sure that never happens again because that person is representing the country. And I'll tell you the one thing, the biggest part about Christmas problem is an ambassador can only speak for the country. They never say, well, my opinion is, because you ain't got one. You got the country, and what the country said, that is it. So when they ask you about homosexuality, you give them what the government says. When they ask about changing sexes, you tell them what, the, see what I mean? You can't, well, here's what I think. And you get some pastors on, and they'll ask them questions like that, and because they want to be liked, well, here's what I think. It's okay here, maybe, but it, it might not be okay over here. But, you know, sometimes it depends on the person. No, it's already spoken for. You cannot be an ambassador and do that. Or you won't be one very long, even in the natural realm. So you just tell them exactly what it is, praise God, and exactly what your kingdom says here in every situation. What do you think about God healing me? I think he did 2,000 years ago, and he'll heal you right now in Jesus' name. That's what I think. What do you think God put this on me? Well, maybe he did. You know, have you been very good lately? No, give them what the kingdom says. You're an ambassador. Don't give them your opinion. Don't give them what you think. Give them what he thinks, because that's what you're supposed to do. Notice what Jesus said. Always speak what the Father speaks. Even he had to do it. He had to say the same thing that the father did. And whenever something happened in his life where there was a miracle taking place, he simply said, it's just the father in. He's doing the works. Well, then he comes and Jesus comes and he sacrificed on the cross and we get born again. And now it's no longer really the father in us. It's Christ in us, which is the hope of. The hope of what? The hope of what? All right, now the glory, the giftings on the inside of you with Christ in there can manifest out of the inside of you because you've got Christ's ability on the inside of you. You just discover what we're, whoa, I got a little gifting here. I'm going to go with it. I got a little gifting here. I'm going to go with that. Ted found the gifting, you know, of, of prophesying over people. It was on the inside of him. But I'll tell you what, I believe there's many, 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 many more gifts inside of Ted. And I've told him. But sometimes once we get one gift manifesting and we get relaxed in it, and it gets easier for us, and then he wants us to go in another gift where we're not so relaxed, and we never did it before, and we may screw up. It's a lot harder to go. See? Once you get relaxed, nothing to it. There it is. But then God will bring something else out or give you another opportunity to do something else. But I'll tell you, if you just obey the Spirit of God on the inside of you, stop getting so many words from out here. I mean, I've got plenty of words in 30 years, and I can think about two of them that were even close. But everybody has one for me. Everybody's got one. Everybody's supposed to have one for you. And I'm not saying they're all wrong, and there are people who are gifted to do that, but you better know the difference. Because if they prophesy you, you know, go to Ukraine and start a church, you better believe, hope it's God. Because if you get there and it's not, you're going to find out in a hurry. Because nothing's going to work out for you. See, it's the kingdom things that come. So on the inside of you is Christ in you, who is the hope of glory. glory. All right, I guess I've got to finish this scripture. Where am I again? Blessed are the meek, for they shall go to heaven. No. They shall inherit what? The earth. What? The earth. the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be what? filled. Notice, if you hunger and thirst to be in right alignment with the kingdom of God, and that is your main goal, and that is your main seeking, that is the main, that's, that's why the Bible says the way to destruction is broad and it's narrow. See, what is religion? It gives you a whole bunch of things you need to do. This one, do that, do this, do this. But God's is simple. It's the narrow way. 
It's simply seek first his kingdom, stay in right standing with it, and that leads to prosperity, that leads to victory, that leads to everything else. It's not a big window out here. If you're running around and changing every week of something you have to do, I'm not praying long enough, I'm not reading long enough, I'm not doing this long enough, just get to one thing. Simply seek first the kingdom of God and your right standing in that kingdom. And here it says you will be filled. Why do you need to be filled unless you had a void? Where did you get your void? You got your void when Adam fell. A void was on the inside of every man, every person, and they're trying to fill that void with something. Some people try to fill it with work. They'll work 40, 24 hours a day thinking that they're getting something done, but there's no filling there. See, so there's an empty spot. What's going to fill it? You seeking the kingdom of God, starting to understand the kingdom of God, and all these other things then that you prayed for, that you fasted for, that you tried to get that new car, that new boat, that new house, my bills met, my mortgage paid. They will be added unto you. You'll never worry about finances again. There's no need to worry about it. Daddy pays for it all. See, it's already taken care of. So you can just kick back and relax. And the more relaxed you get in it, the less worry you get out of your life, the more the kingdom of God starts to enter in in every single area of your life. You'll start controlling your feelings. Start controlling your emotions. How I many know they can control you? Yeah. That's why offense is unforgiveness is running rampant in the church. Because nobody can control their feelings. Well, they said this about me. Well, was it true? No. Well, then who cares? And if it's true, you better change it. See, maybe better check it again. Maybe it was a correction. See, these are all things that we learn and we grow in through the kingdom of God because you do have control. You have control over the decisions you make. You have control over your finances. You have control over your feelings and your emotions and everything in there. And it's all part of the kingdom of God. So I want to seek first his kingdom and I want to stay in right standing with it. And I want to give the Holy Ghost freedom to any time I step out of right standing with him. Oh man, get me. Come and get me, pray, shake me up, make me feel. And and when you do it sometimes, have you ever had that feeling? When you did something wrong and you're not even sure what it was, but it felt like somebody punched you in your spiritual gut and you can't figure out what the heck's going on, what happened? Somewhere you made just a little disconnect. So I want to go to God and I want to find out where I disconnected. Sometimes I don't even know where that is. And he points it out and he shows me and then you repent and it lifts comes out of you and the lift takes place that's why when you stay close to God there'll be this spiritual sensation I hate to use the word senses but it is it's a spiritual sense on the inside of you you know when you're on hot and you're following God you know when you're cold and should be doing more and you know when you're lukewarm and you're going to be spit out of the mouth so if you're lukewarm and somebody comes up you're lukewarm no I'm hot no you just better make an adjustment see You better make the adjustment there. So seek first the kingdom of God. The answer to the emptiness in everybody's heart is the kingdom of God. I don't know how to wrap it up because I didn't get no place. But there's an emptiness in the inside of each and every one of us. Praise God. Everybody that you run into on your job or every place you go, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't know the kingdom, even if there's a Christian, there's still an emptiness on the inside of them. And until that emptiness is filled, they're never going to have righteousness, peace, and in the... See, but when you find and then you step in there, all at once you're in right standing. You're not afraid of doing this, not afraid of doing You're in right relationship with God. Righteousness leads to peace, and peace always leads to joy as long as you follow the Holy Ghost in every single area of your life. It's not what you eat. It's not what you drink. It's not what you wear. It's not whether you follow the laws. It's not whether you follow the traditions of man. It's basically understanding what he's already done for you and who you are now because of what he did for you. Praise God. He did it all. Quit trying to do it. Just accept what he's already given you, receive it, and walk in it on your daily life, and step by step, and they're going to continue to show it to you, show it to you. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher in the whole world if you just let him, if you just let him do it on the inside of you. Father, I thank you for this morning.
Glory to God. I thank you for this wonderful teaching you gave me, Lord. And one of these days we'll get to it. Hallelujah. I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for the people here who actually hunger and desire for you, Lord. And I believe that's every single one in here. I thank you that they will pursue your kingdom. They will come to understand. Spirit of God, you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, right now, I release you out of the hearts of every person here that you would open their eyes to the kingdom of God, to the scriptures that they're reading each and every day. They would open their eyes to see and to walk in more righteousness in every single area of their life. I bind worry and I bind fear in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody plagued with that spirit? you go now in Jesus name you release every single one of them and allow them to walk in the peace and joy of the kingdom of God father we pray your kingdom comes especially through us and your will be done right here on earth and in our little area here hallelujah we thank you for it father in Jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. all right we'll see you Wednesday night for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.